The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Is this house a good price compared to others in the area? Are prices going up or down? If I don't make an offer right this very moment, will I miss my chance? These are just some of the questions a home buyer might ask. And these are the sorts of questions an agent who is a Realtor can help answer. Because Realtors have the expertise, data, and access to specialty training to help you navigate the process of buying a home. They provide support, guidance, and have your back every step of the way. That's what Realtors do, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Rankings show where we break down my weekly Power Rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. We're recording this on Monday night, May 23rd. Uh, Just for context as we talk about wins and losses and stats and whatnot. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week throughout the season is my co-host Janice Scurrio. Welcome in Janice. Uh, Basically one-fourth of the way into the 2022 campaign time flies when you're having fun uh, is there anything specific that you're looking forward to this coming week yeah indeed uh looking at this week's pitching matchup uh matchups i've uh this one very seafood-esque matchup on tuesday looks particularly good uh yeah the marlins are playing the rays uh pablo lopez versus shane mcclanahan so uh yeah pablo lopez has uh, definitely done well against some good offenses this year uh weirdly enough his two bad outings have been against the diamondbacks and nationals uh but he is four and one with a 157 ERA through eight starts, uh, 0.91 whip, 48 strikeouts. Uh, Shane McClanahan was pretty great in his last outing on Tuesday. Uh, he definitely looks like a really great fantasy ace. Uh, so I think he'll have a pretty nice matchup against the Marlins tomorrow. I made salmon burgers for dinner. They were mm. pretty good. That, that qualifies as seafood, right? Salmon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you get salmon out of the sea or the lake. Do you? Or- yeah. I guess there are probably saltwater salmon. <laughs> I think of them mostly in like Alaskan streams or no, but yeah, it mostly comes from that upper Pacific, Northwest Pacific area. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> I've never eaten a stingray before. I don't, I don't know if that, that is a delicacy. It, it should be somewhere though. I've eaten skate, which is kind of like, I think it's basically a stingray. Um, it was, I, I don't know. It, people like skate. My uncle was a lobster fisherman and tuna fisherman up in Cape Cod and he would use it as bait. So I think some people view it more as like a bait fish, but what are we talking about? Anyway, um, <laughs> a little promo note before we get started. Weekends are better with MLB Sunday leadoff coverage presented by Uber Eats. Uh, you can get some seafood ordered from Uber Eats. Catch the Giants face the Reds in Cincinnati on Sunday, May 29th at 1130 a.m. Eastern, live on NBC and Peacock. To learn more, go to peacock.com MLB. 
And if you want a chance to win $25,000 on that game, download the NBC Sports Predictor app powered by PointsBet and enter Sunday's free Grand Slam Pick'em Contest. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. All right, let's jump into these power rankings. As usual, we do a deep dive on each of the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. If you want rankings and observations on all 30 clubs, check out the full power rankings column on Tuesday. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon, depending on how long it takes me to actually write the thing. All right, start us out, Janice, with who we have at number one overall this week. All right. At number one, holding strong, the New York Yankees. Uh, So the Yankees were swept in a doubleheader by the lowly White Sox on Sunday, but they're otherwise still going pretty strong. Uh, Pitching, hitting, they're still the best in the league. Uh, They've got the second best run differential in all of baseball. Uh, So yesterday, uh, Luis Severino and Jamison Tyone uh, both did well. But otherwise, uh, White Sox pitching was just a little bit stronger. Uh, So tonight, uh, Garrett Cole is pitching against the Orioles. Uh, Their starting rotation is second in the AL with a 296 ERA. I like that you called the the White Sox lowly there. It's an inside joke. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, the Yankees took three of four from the Orioles to begin last week's slate before then dropping two of three to the White Sox over the weekend, getting swept in that doubleheader on Sunday, as you alluded to. Uh, wasn't a great showing of offense in that twin bill versus Chicago. Just one run scored across the two games. Credit to Michael Kopech and Johnny Cueto, the two starters for the White Sox on Sunday. I'm not worried at all about the Yankees offense after one poor little stretch of games, but uh, the bullpen might be shaping up as, as a bit of a long-term Issue. Aroldis Chapman has given up an earned run in each of his last five appearances and now could miss some time with discomfort in his Achilles that popped up over the weekend. Chad Green, a very important setup man for the Yankees. It was just announced that he needs Tommy John surgery after he landed on the IL last week with what was originally called a right elbow strain. Uh, More tests revealed some UCL damage, so he's going to be out until sometime in 2023. Um, That's all fairly concerning, I think. But, yeah, still at 
number one for a second straight week for me. Uh, the best record in baseball at 29 and 12. Probably about to become the first team to reach 30 wins. They were the first American League team to reach 20 wins. Uh, and they can look to get right against the Orioles now in, in a three-game series that got underway on Monday, then four at Tampa Bay. Um, Aaron Judge is, is rolling a 343 batting average and 1170 OPS in May entering play on Monday, and it got a whole lot better on Monday night. Two-homer game last time I checked against Baltimore here on Monday, so his league-leading home run total was up to 17, which is a 66-home run pace. Um Ooh. Yeah, and I, I guess he was right to not accept the the final long-term offer that the Yankees made to him just before opening day. It looks like he's going to reach free agency um, five days after the conclusion of, of the World Series. There was that report last week that the Yankees are now interested in continuing talks. Um, I think Judge would probably just rather go to the open market and get as much as he can. At the pace he's going, I feel like only the Dodgers are going to be able to afford him. Um, they're kind of the new team that throws money around in baseball, kind of overtaking the Yankees' throne in that way. Speaking of which. Now- <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Number two, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, so they have the best run differential in all of baseball at plus 88. But that's as of Monday morning. So pitching ERA leads all of baseball at 280. Uh, Tyler Anderson right now uh, has gone seven strong shutout innings and carried a perfect game into the sixth inning uh, that was interrupted by uh, Cesar Hernandez, of all people. Uh, so otherwise, uh, yeah, they're tied for the MLB lead in RBI with 200. And yeah, that's where that big old run differential comes from. Yeah, there, there was that rough 10th inning walk-off loss to the Phillies on Sunday, a bad error by Max Muncy. Uh, but the Dodgers had been on a seven-game winning streak heading into the, the series finale at Citizens Bank Park. Mookie Betts is on an absolute heater uh, dating back to April 22nd, a 3.30 batting average and 10.56 OPS over his last 101 plate appearances. He has eight homers, 19 RBIs, and 22 runs scored in his last 20 games and a total of 40 runs scored in 38 total games played on the year, which is like a 171 run pace uh, if you stretch it out to 162. And you look at the record books for most runs scored by a single player in a season. It's all generally dudes from the late 1800s or early 1900s. In modern baseball, nobody has topped 150 runs in a season or even 140 runs. Charlie Blackman scored 137 for the 2017 Rockies, kind of the final year of Blackman's prime. Albert Pujols had 137 runs back in 2003 when he still had some speed and was a perennial MVP candidate early in his career. Uh, Mookie had 135 in 2019. So, yeah, he's he's trending in historic ter- territory with that 170-run pace as, as the table setter for a lineup that might really go down as – one of the best ever, their best in, in recent times. And you mentioned the pitching stats. Uh, the Dodgers are just doing it all right now. And for, for yet another week, like you mentioned, they hold the best run differential of all major league teams by far at plus 88. Uh, there's a fair argument that the Dodgers should be back at, up at number one, again, given that run differential and, and the recent winning streak. But uh, we'll leave the Yankees up there uh, for one more week at least. Right at number three, the New York Mets. So I believe with the Mets, the main theme here is resilience. Uh, So on Sunday, 
they beat the Rockies 2-0. They won their 14th consecutive game following a loss, and that is the longest streak in the majors uh, in nearly a decade. Uh, So uh, Taiwan Walker also became the first pitcher to throw at least seven shutout innings at Coors this season, which is quite an accomplishment. Uh, On the negative side, they did just put Max Scherzer on the injured list and will be without him for six to eight weeks with, I believe, an oblique injury. Yeah, that's the lead story here with the Mets is that Scherzer suffered that moderate to high-grade strain of his left oblique in a start last Wednesday against the Cardinals, projected to miss six to eight weeks. Uh, I was talking to DJ Short on our Thursday night show. DJ is a big Mets fan about how durable Scherzer has been throughout his career, and you know, that played into why the, the Mets were so willing to offer him that massive AAV contract. This is actually his first oblique strain um, and it's going to be his longest IL stint in 11 years if he does. I mean, all he has to do is miss a couple of weeks, and he's probably going to be out for close to two months on that projected timetable. Scherzer had been 5-1 and one with a 2.54 ERA through his first five starts with New York. Uh, probably won't see him again until late June or early July, or he could even be sidelined through the All-Star break if it winds up toward the longer end of that initial prognosis. Uh, but to the good news, yeah, the Mets had a 5-2 and two week against St. Louis and then out in Colorado. They've lost only one series this entire season. And you mentioned they won, they've won 14 consecutive games following a loss, which is the longest streak in Major League Baseball since 2011. Uh, to follow up a loss with a win 14 straight times, I mean, yeah, that's pretty incredible. And avoiding losing streaks is obviously a huge deal toward winning a division and making the playoffs. And the Mets currently have an eight-game lead over the Braves in the National League East, the only team in that division with a winning record. So I think they're feeling pretty comfortable uh, with having to weather the storm of losing Scherzer. And maybe Scherzer and DeGrom come back around the same time and and, that rotation can be nails down the stretch and and into the postseason. Uh, But yeah, starting depth being tested for the Mets. uh, Still humming along as my number three team right now, though. All right, let's talk about your number four team uh, climbing into the top five, the Houston Astros. So Jose Urquidy turned in a uh, yet another stellar Astros pitching performance, uh, tied a uh, career high 10 strikeouts. So uh, the rotation is really good. Uh, So they've actually got the best pitching in the AL. uh, So the Yankees are second. Uh, Their team ERA right now is uh, 2.84. Mm-hmm. Yeah, up into the top five now is my number four ranked team after rising to number six last week. And they just took three of four from the Rangers. Justin Verlander continued his early season brilliance on Saturday against Texas with eight strikeouts over six scoreless innings. He's now six and one on the season with a 1.22 ERA, 0.72 whip and 49 to nine strikeout to walk ratio in 51 and two thirds innings that that ERA is tops in the majors at 1.22 and his park adjusted ERA plus of 289 also paces all major league pitchers uh, or all major league starters at least Verlander might seriously you know go on to win the AL Cy Young award at age 39 and I think he'd be the oldest pitcher to win it since Roger Clemens in 2004 he won it at age 42 might have been some PEDs involved there with Clemens, but uh, that's a topic for a different show. <laughs> Gaylord Perry was the oldest winner for a long time. At, he won it at age 40 in 1978. R.A. Dickey won at age 37 in 2012, the first knuckleballer to ever claim Cy Young honors. Just highly impressive stuff all around for Verlander and 
guiding an Astros staff that, as you mentioned, has the second best team ERA in the major leagues and the best in the American League at 2.84. Dodgers in first, as you said earlier, at 2.80 as of Monday evening. Um, Jose Altuve scorching hot. He went two for four with a homer and a double on Sunday and is batting 358 with a 10 or a, a 12.02 OPS over his last 73 plate appearances. The Astros are 20 and seven this year when Altuve plays and seven and eight when he does not just to show his importance at the, at the top of the lineup for that offense. Uh, it's going to be a fun battle at the top of the AL West with you know the Mariners greatly failing to meet expectations. I think we're talking about them a bit later. Sure um, yeah, so it might be down to the Astros and the next team we're about to talk about. Look at these segues this week. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Just, yeah, just that- natural. You need to stretch after patting yourself on the back here, Drew. <laughs> At number five, the LA Angels. Uh, yeah, so they're tied with the Dodgers in RBI with 200. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Patrick Sandoval uh, allowed one run, uh, struck out seven and seven and one thirds, I believe, on Sunday. Yeah, uh, while Shohei Otani and Mike Trout, you might have heard of those guys before, they hit home runs. They've won their last two games. Uh, and they're they're five and five in their last ten. Yeah, they did get swept by the Rangers to open last week's slate, but then bounced back to take two of three from the A's over the weekend. You mentioned Patrick Sandoval; he was lights out in Sunday's series finale against Oakland. Just one earned run while working into the eighth inning. He has a one point seven nine ERA on the season which is sixth best among all pitchers who have thrown at least 40 innings. Uh, as you said, Mike Trout and Shoei Otani both homered in that game. Rysel Iglesias got the save. That's kind of a textbook blueprint victory for what the Angels have done well this season in getting out to a 26-17 and 17 start and climbing into the top five of these NBC Sports Edge MLB Power Rankings. Trout is first among all qualified hitters in OPS right now with a one 11.33 mark. Uh, he's batting 3.23 with a 4.34 on base percentage and 6.99 slugging percentage. 12 homers, 26 RBIs, 35 runs scored in 38 games. Hopefully that Taylor Ward injury uh, doesn't prove to be too serious. I was kind of looking for some updates. Oh, they don't play on Monday, so uh, probably won't hear more about Ward until uh, going into their game on Tuesday. Ward was scheduled for an MRI on his neck and shoulder area on Monday morning in relation to a crash into the outfield wall over the weekend, uh, he still has some lingering discomfort. They're just hoping there's not much structural or no structural damage in there. Ward is slashing 370, 481, 713, and 1194 OPS. He'd be the, the leader in OPS if he had enough bats to qualify. So Trout is sitting up there right now. Um, I think Ward's just a few at-bats short of qualification for that leaderboard. Uh, but yeah, breakout season so far for Ward, and, and maybe he'll be able to get right back to it sometime this week once the damage from that outfield wall collision is put behind him. The leap into the top five for the Angels this week. Um, they are five and five over the last 10 games, as you said, but it's been coming, uh, this move into the top five, and I guess it's here. Wonderful. Let's move on to your big risers of the week. Now, looking at your big risers, these are teams that we have not uh, been talking about in this section of the podcast. So let's start off with your first at number 16, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, So notably, Trevor Story is really turning things around. I know a couple of shows ago, we uh, basically said that he uh, was terrible. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We were just concerned. 
Yeah, we were we, we were just voicing, you know, some reasonable concern there. So they did sweep the Mariners. Uh, Franchi Cordero hit a walk-off grand slam to complete that sweep on Sunday. Uh, the Red Sox went 6-1 and one during the week, and they've won nine of their last 12. Uh, they are getting closer to that 500 mark for the season, so good for them. Coming off that 6-1 and one homestand against the Astros and Mariners, including the four-game sweep of, of Seattle. Yeah, a season-best five-game winning streak for Boston. Now suddenly only three games under the 500 mark uh, after being all the way down at nine under at one point earlier this month, I believe eh, around 11 to 12 days ago. Um, so they've turned it around. Just a, a really great homestand all around. Nick Pavetta worked a complete game against Houston last Wednesday. Just one run allowed with eight strikeouts over nine excellent innings. We'll see what he can do as a follow-up against your White Sox on Tuesday, facing off against Dylan Cease, I believe, in the opener of that three-game set. Uh, You mentioned the Franchi Cordero massive walk-off grand slam on Sunday at Fenway Park to complete the four-game sweep of the Mariners. I believe the the StatCast data initially said it flew like 535 feet um, and then corrected it to about 417 feet. But I was about to say, wow. Yeah, I think that would have been a record in the StatCast era now that we have like actual measurements of home runs. Um, but yeah, and then Trevor Story going crazy all of a sudden, turning those Fenway boos into Fenway wahoos. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Story had five home runs and 13 RBIs in that series against Seattle. Over his last 11 games, seven homers, 17 RBIs, four stolen bases, and 12 runs scored. Even going back to the final day of April, an 899 OPS over his last 89 plate appearances. So, yeah, the the rebounds seem to to be starting a few weeks ago for Story, and now it's a a full-blown hot streak. And this was an interesting stat I found. Uh, Story is only the second player in Red Sox history with at least six homers and four steals over any 10-game stretch. The other was Mo Vaughn uh, from his MVP season in 1995. And Mo Vaughn was not necessarily known for his speed, uh, (laughs) a a large gentleman, but he did steal a few bags in the early part of his career and and did win that MVP in 1995. So, yeah, really great stuff from, from Story, really great stuff from the Red Sox in general lately. We'll see if a big run is is in store here. They're going to need a big one to get back into the AL East mix. Ten games back of the first place Yankees as we chat here on Monday, May 23rd. And then you also have the Rays and and the Blue Jays to deal with. Uh, The Red Sox do have that tough series on the south side of Chicago. I believe that's on the road. Yep. Yep. Uh, And then return home for five against the Orioles. And then two against the Reds, then three at Oakland. So uh, that's a big opportunity ahead to, to make up some ground on the Yanks. Hmm. Are they saying boo or wahoo? I'm let's go, not, I'm, I'm gonna let's be, not revisit that. <laughs> <laughs> that is actually my segue into your next big riser of the week uh, at number 22, the Texas Rangers. So uh, Marcus Semyon actually is someone who's also kind of turning it around. Uh, he does have a hitting streak going. Uh, he's got a five game hit streak and hits in seven of his last eight games. Yeah, I, I guess that's good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a lot of the Rangers rising here has to do with having to drop the Tigers and the A's and Pirates. Um, so the Rangers just kind of naturally, re- naturally rise. They have won five of their last eight games. Uh, had a season best four game winning streak cooking last week before the Astros came to town in Arlington, Texas over the weekend and took three of four. Um, so not 
really a deserved four spot rise on, on the team's own merits, but yeah, that's what you get in the lower areas of these weekly power rankings. Wasn't a ton of movement at the top this week, just, you know, trying to determine which bottom feeder is showing some signs of life. And for this range of teams being only four games under the 500 mark, like the Rangers right now are, that's pretty good. Um, Martin Perez has continued his really remarkable start to the 2022 campaign. A 1.64 ERA in 49 and a third innings is probably the ace of the Rangers rotation. Uh, that's sad when Martin Perez is your ace, but he's been great and, and might turn into a decent trade candidate if he can keep it working anywhere close to the level that we've seen over his first eight starts. The bullpen has been really good. Uh, you can find some trade chips in there too. Joe Barlow, the primary closer, has a 1.35 ERA. Brock Burke has a 1.29 ERA and 28 strikeouts and 21 innings. Matt Moore, John King, Dennis Santana. Um, a lot of household names here. <laughs> but yeah, speaking of, of household names, I, I mean, Marcus Simeon, I know he's kind of you know, hit some singles lately, but yeah, in the first year of that seven year, $175 million free agent deal with Texas, he's batting just 182 with a 243 on base percentage and 234 slug and 169 plate appearances, zero home runs through 39 games after he hit 45 homers in 162 games last season for Toronto. Um, yeah, to me, that's already looking like a brutal deal for a guy who turns 32 years old this September. I guess Simeon has been pretty up and down year to year throughout his career. So maybe 2023 and beyond are going to bring a lot better results. But again, he turns 32 later this summer and you know not getting getting any younger. Um, if the Rangers can get Simeon going in a big way and Corey Seager, um, he's been very good at home, just not so much on the road. Uh, there will be more optimism about their very aggressive middle infield reconstruction plan from this past winter. Right at number 25, the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, so, yeah, I had a little bit of a difficult time trying to figure out why you decided to make them a big riser. Uh, but Adley Rutschman did make his debut on Saturday. Uh, I found it very interesting that his first career hit was a triple. Uh, but, yeah, like I mentioned before, we typically don't talk about the Orioles in this part of this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I they mean, are it's 12 and 11 at Camden, Camden Yards, at least. Um it's mostly because the the A's and, and Tigers had to drop. Um, all right, I guess they don't know. They're they're still below the Tigers. I don't know what I did. A's the the A's and Pirates dropped is what happened, um, and I feel very justified in that. Um, yeah, but I mean the, the Orioles won their series finale against the Yankees last week to halt a five game losing streak, and they've won three of their last four games after taking two of three from the Rays over the weekend. And yeah, it's all about Adley Rutschman. Really. He's arrived, had that triple for his first career hit on Saturday. The first catcher to triple for his first career hit since the Marlins, Brad Davis Whoa. on July 25th, 2010 Rutschman then scored his first major league run in walk-off style on Sunday when Rugney O'Dorge uh, chopped a ball to first base in the bottom of the 11th inning, and it was misplayed. That was actually the Orioles' third walk-off win in the last four days. All three of their recent victories were walk-offs. Uh, Anthony Santander had a walk-off three-run homer on Thursday versus the Yankees. O'Dorge hit a two-run homer in the 13th, 13th inning Friday against the Rays, and then uh, bladed Rutschman on Sunday afternoon. Actually, more toward the evening, that was like a, a really lengthy finale at Camden Yards. Game time of four hours, 31 minutes, with a 51-minute rain delay. Uh, but yeah, better vibes all around for the Orioles, with with a big part of the, the future arriving this past weekend. 
Grayson Rodriguez, the top pitching prospect in the sport, could arrive pretty soon too. He has a 2.70 ERA and 66 strikeouts in 43 and a third innings at AAA Norfolk to begin the season. Um, so yes, I think some bright skies ahead. It, it would be nice to see ownership spend some money this winter to help along that shift from rebuilder to contender or you know potential contender probably still a few years away from really making sufficient noise in the american league east all right so that does it for the risers let's move on to the big fathers of the week so at number six the milwaukee brewers dropping two spots from number four Uh, so just a little bit of a drop um they've got plenty of good things going on probably uh, the big news is losing freddie peralta for the time being uh but the brewers still lead all of major league baseball in strikeouts and saves um they're three games ahead of the cardinals in the nl central uh but yeah uh, so far, uh, hitters like Rowdy Telez, uh, Hunter Renfro uh, have been hitting very well. Uh, but otherwise, the Peralta news uh, is definitely going to affect them. Yeah, to, to drop the, the Brewers is a little unfair. They just went 4-2 and two against the Braves and Nationals last week. And they're off to their best start or best 41-game start in franchise history. 26 wins through 41 games. Uh, they've been at 25 wins at this point multiple times, 2007, 2009, 2014, but never at 26 wins through 41 games. So, I don't know, apologies to Milwaukee for dropping them a couple spots this week, but the Astros and Angels have been pushing their way up, and it felt like it was time to make that switch in, in the rankings. Also, partly because of the uncertain status of Freddie Peralta, who's going to be out for I mean, longer than 15 days, but they put him on the 15-day IL on Monday after he left to start Sunday versus Washington because of right shoulder tightness. The initial diagnosis announced by the Brewers on Monday morning or Monday afternoon was a right lat strain, but it has been changed since to a right posterior shoulder strain. Uh, Either way, manager Craig Council acknowledged that it's going to be a significant time spent on the IL for Peralta. They do expect him back this season, but it sounds like it's going to be way in the second half. Um, Leading into Sunday, Peralta had posted a 1.57 ERA with 38 strikeouts over his last 28 and two-thirds innings, five starts. So he'd really gotten into a nice groove. And the Brewers' big strength, which is pitching, is now being tested a bit. Uh, Willie Adamas is also still out with a high ankle sprain. He went on the IL on May 18th was that last Wednesday, uh, probably going to be sidelined until early June-ish. You hear a high ankle sprain. Sometimes that's a, a, a four-week, four to six, six to eight kind of week injury. But uh, Adama says it's not that serious, so we'll find out soon enough. Uh, but, yeah, they have a three-game lead on first place in the NL Central. Um, we'll see if the Cardinals can make a push here at, at the close of May and, and leading into the, the summer months. All right, your next big faller, the Toronto Blue Jays, falling two spots from 8 to 10. Uh, their away record is a little concerning. It's at 8 and 11. Uh, they've got a negative run differential on their 5 and 5 in their last 10. Uh, so uh, a bit of promising news. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi looked really great in his last start. Seven strikeouts, uh, but otherwise, uh, yeah, the Blue Jays uh, couldn't uh, finish the weekend sweep. Yeah, the the tumble continues here down into the 10th spot now and at risk of falling out of the top 10 for a team that looked as loaded or, you know, at least as well-rounded as any team going into the season. They did take two of three from the Mariners and Reds, 
both last week. So, you know, some signs of better days ahead. But I, I started the Jays at number two in my rankings to begin the year. I think I had them at number one in the second week. And, and now the placement here in the rankings has, you know, has to better reflect their record, which, yeah, just three games over 500 is not what I or anyone expected to see come late May. Uh, they've scored just seven total runs across their last four games. Again, not in line with the expectations for this offset offense. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. seemed like such a sure thing for 2022 after he finished second to Shohei Otani for AL MVP honors in 2021. He did get off to a great start, but Vlad Jr. hasn't homered since May 5th. Uh, That was also his last extra base hit uh, was on May 5th. No extra base hits in his last 60 plate appearances. Only two RBIs in that span as well. He's batting 222 with a 617 OPS, a 292 slugging percentage dating back to the final day of April. So I don't know what's up there. Um, here's a fun ALE centric note with, with Aaron Judge uh, hitting two more home runs on Monday night. He's up to 11 home runs in May, and the Toronto Blue Jays also have 11 home runs in May. So, yeah, they need to get Vlad Jr. going and need to get a number of other bats going. Uh, they're in St. Louis for two games, Monday and Tuesday, then a four-game set at the Angels. Uh, need, a, need a turnaround to start happening right now. All right. Speaking of turnarounds, uh, number 20, the Seattle Mariners. I'm not exactly sure what I was doing there. Well, I mean, the Mariners, in theory, do need to turn it around. They do. They certainly it's do. It's not like I'm wrong here. No. Anyway, um, four-game losing streak, in, uh, including being swept by the Red Sox. Uh, so now they're 10 games back after such a strong start to the season. Uh, yeah. So what happened here? Uh, yeah, I don't know. This is, this is really rough. Um, the Mariners haven't won consecutive games since April. Uh, they are six and 15 in May. And actually looking at the schedule, they were 11 and six when they beat the Rays on April 26th at Tropicana field, 11 and six record at that point. Since then they've lost 19 of their last 25 games, uh, while falling to eight games under the 500 mark. Their offense ranks 20th in runs scored, even with a decent start offensively in Seattle. Um, In ERA, the pitching staff ranks 25th, ahead of only the Royals, Rockies, Nationals, Pirates, and Reds. Those are not teams you want to be around right now. Um, The bullpen, which looked really good on paper to begin the year, has not looked good at all in real life. Uh, Robbie Ray has been more mediocre than the guy who won AL Cy Young Award honors last year with the Blue Jays. Jared Kelnick is at AAA Tacoma. They kind of had no choice but to demote him again. Uh, Jesse Winker has picked it up a little bit lately, but his OPS as a big offseason trade acquisition is just 611 with a 217 batting average, 309 on base, and 303 slug for Jesse Winker, who slashed 305, 394, 556 last year with Cincinnati. I don't know. So much has gone wrong that like there's not much else to say. Uh, 20 years without making the playoffs, the longest postseason drought in North American professional sports. And yeah, it looks like that may, might run to 21 years if there's not that sudden turnaround that, that you suggested. Maybe you uh, foresaw something happening in the coming weeks. Uh, Kyle Lewis is expected to be activated from the injured list on Tuesday, so he could provide a spark. Um, after getting past another series of knee troubles, Lewis has hit 314 with a 1043 OPS, three home runs, two doubles, 12 RBIs, and six runs scored uh, in 10 rehab games at the AAA level. Um, so he, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he comes up and, and gives them some kind of juice. 
Are we done? Is that it? I believe so. I right. believe so. Yeah. I, I got to get off and watch the Blues game. I think they're going to get killed. But. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I hope that does not happen. But Yeah, well, they probably will. All right. That'll do it for this week's Power Ranking Show. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column. It goes up every Tuesday on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We love any kind of feedback there. Uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. And peace out. Peace out. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can give your lawn or garden beds a pop of color and protection. Right now, get a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10. Help your soil retain moisture longer with color that lasts up to 12 months. Shop Memorial Day savings for a special buy on Scott's Earth Grow Mulch, five bags for just $10 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.